Praise the name of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land. And everlasting joy will be yours in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, the Bible speaks about God granting you and I double for our trouble. What this means is divine compensation. So this morning, as we continue to look into recovery and restoration, I will be speaking specifically on divine compensation. I want to thank God for the first service, it was, it, was, it was very, very powerful. Now, the, the ministration was very, very powerful. And so, we'll just add something little to it in this uh, ministration. You know, the, that man is a bishop. So, you don't just, <laughs> you just have to be very careful when a bishop has preached and you have to preach after him. Praise God. Okay, so this morning I'll be speaking on divine compensation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 10, Romans chapter 10 verse 10, the Bible says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so I'm going to ask you to confess it. Say this year. Say this year. I shall be divinely compensated. I shall be divinely compensated. I've been through so much. Oh Lord. I've been through so much. I shall be divinely compensated this year. Amen. Now I started speaking on restoration and recovery last week. And I led us to say some prayers. Please let us understand that we have the permission of God to ask him anything. As long as what we ask is not against his word. We have the instruction, the permission of God to ask him anything. As long as what we ask him is not against the word of God. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, Elisha asked for something unusual. Now, his master Elijah told him that he had asked for something very hard. But what he asked that was very hard was still granted unto him. And so that is something to let us know that we can ask for anything. In Joshua chapter 10, Joshua chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Joshua, 
ask that the sun and the moon will stand still. And by doing so, it prolonged that day beyond what nature allows. Yet it happened because he asked. In James chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, James chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, Elijah asked that the heaven be short for a period, and it was short. And when he wanted rain again, he asked, and rain fell. The Bible says Elijah was a human being. Another translation would say a man of like passion. The Bible says he was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it will not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain. And the earth produced its crop. Elijah was able to seal the heaven by his prayers. Jesus told us to ask. He said in John chapter 16 verse 24. He said, Itato, have you asked nothing in my name? He said, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. And so you are not asking too much if you ask that God should divinely compensate you this year. If you will ask him, you are not asking, any, you are not asking something that is too much for him to do. You are not asking something that he has not given you the permission to do. And so we have the permission of God to ask anything as long as it is in his will. Now we will ask God to cause us to recover all. We will ask him to restore everything that he needs to restore. And beyond that, we will ask him that he will compensate us for all the troubles and the losses that we have suffered. He himself said it in that scripture. He said, for your shame, in that Isaiah chapter 61 verse 7, he said, for your shame, ye shall have double. And for confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. He said, therefore in their land, they shall possess the double, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. Compensation. The Bible says in that scripture, if you read it in Amplified Bible, the classic edition, that scripture says, instead of your former shame, in Amplified Bible classic edition, that Isaiah 61 verse 7, it says, instead of your former shame, you shall have twofold recompense. Instead of honor, dishonor rather, and reproach, your people shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double what they have forfeited. Everlasting, everlasting joy shall be theirs. Please note this. That scripture says that they shall possess double for what they had forfeited or what they have lost. That scripture says that they shall have twofold recompense. And what is recompense? Recompense means to make amend to someone for loss or harm suffered. 
Recompense means to compensate. To compensate. That is when a person has suffered some injury or losses and is compensated to make up for the injuries or losses. Recompense is the compensation or the reward that is given to somebody who has suffered some kind of harm just to make it up for him. Now, if a worker gets injured on the job in the normal climb, is paid what is called worker's compensation. And so God is saying in that scripture that for your former shame, you will have twofold recompense or compensation. And so that's the reason why this morning we are looking at what? Divine compensation. I want to pray for everyone here. If you have suffered for any reason, if you have suffered shame, if you have suffered pains, if you have suffered losses, if you have been disappointed, God will compensate you this year in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God will compensate you this year in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why will God restore us? Why will God recover, cause us to recover all? Why will God compensate us in this 2021? What gives us the permission? What gives us the authority to ask him to compensate us in this year 2021? I'll quickly look at a few of them. There are so many that we can consider. But I'll quickly look at a few of them and we're going to go on. Number one, our God is a God of justice. Our God, the God that we serve, is a God of justice. Immediately after verse 7 of Isaiah chapter 61, you move to verse 8, and the Bible says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Now, God is saying in that scripture that it's a God that loves justice. It's a God of justice. So for whatever reason, whatever makes them to deny you, whatever they have denied you, whatever happens, if maybe it is nature that messed with your life and has allowed you to suffer whatever you suffered, God is saying, because it's a God of justice, he says that he will make sure that you get compensated for what you have suffered. That's what he says in that scripture. He says, for I, the Lord, I love justice and I hate robbery. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20, 31, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 31, the Bible says, yet, if he is caught, talking about a thief, he is caught, he must pay sevenfold. Though it cost him all the wealth of his house, when a thief is caught, if he's told and he's caught, the Bible says he must pay sevenfold. That is the God of justice. Whatever took work belonged to you last year, it doesn't matter. I don't care what it was. That will vomit sevenfolds in Jesus' mighty name. And because that is according to the instruction of God, that is according to the word of God, the word of God that stands forever. The word of God that anything, there's nothing at all on the face of the earth that can counteract the word of God. God is saying 
that which you have been denied, that which has been taken away from you, that which you lost, he said, it will be returned unto you sevenfold in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thinking some women will begin to think, will I have seven children? If God will want you to have it, you will have it in Jesus' mighty name. But I, I trust God to give you what you can manage. But one thing is sure, that certainly, certainly, something will happen this year for which you will dance forward in this place. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, our God is a God of mercy. Our God is a God of mercy. God is merciful, especially towards the underdogs. God is merciful, especially towards the people that are disadvantaged. God is merciful, especially towards those that are weak. God is merciful, especially towards, who to, towards those who don't have any power to bring about what they desire for themselves. God is very merciful unto the underdogs. I can imagine how many times Mephibosheth would have wanted to get out of Lodibar. But the Bible says he was lame in his leg. It simply, that lameness could mean so many things. He just simply couldn't help himself. And so that was why the gentleman was a candidate of God's compensation. Because God is a merciful God. You know the story of Mephibosheth very well. He was a prince who became a pauper. And he simply could not get himself out of the trouble. He was a prince who could have been riding on horses, but he was moving on his uh, boat on the floor. Things, the situation of life brought him down so thoroughly. He was overwhelmed by circumstances around him. But because our God is a God of mercy, God reached out to him where he was in Lodibar. God restored him. God made him to eat on the king's table again. Everything that he had lost, land, slaves, and everything that he had lost were restored unto him. That same God is still sitting on his throne. He has not left his position for one minute, as he did for Mephibosheth. He is doing for somebody here this morning. If you are the one, shout a very good hallelujah. If you are the one, shout a very good hallelujah. Amen. Number three, like we said, our God is a God of compensation. Our God is a God of compensation. He says in that scripture, instead of your former shame, you will have twofold recompense. You will have twofold compensation. And if you look at the Bible, the Bible is replete of so many examples of compensation. So many examples of compensation. You know the story of Sarah, when she was eventually compensated. Oh, she wasn't the only one that laughed. Everybody laughed with her. Even the child that she had was called laughter. I want to pray for somebody here. Somebody here. Now, people have, you know, maybe, you know, shaking their heads because of you at some point before. Such people will come back 
and rejoice with you in Jesus' mighty name. Such people will come back and laugh with you in Jesus' mighty name. There are so many examples in the Bible of compensation. David was compensated. He became the king. We can go on and on and on. But let's look at a few of them. Joseph. I'm going to do Joseph. Joseph had trouble. He spent time in a pit. He was a slave. He was lied against. He ended up in a prison. Now, for all these troubles, God decided to compensate him. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 48, 45 rather, verse 8. Genesis chapter 45, verse 8. The Bible says, And he had made me reporting where God placed him to his brother. He said, And he had made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Who? A former slave. Who? A complete stranger. Who? A complete nobody. The Bible made, him, made us to understand that this guy that was a non-entity became a father to Pharaoh. Somebody who, gave, who was giving instruction to Pharaoh. Such a very height. God took him. And you think that God cannot do the same for you this year? You think that God cannot lift you out of that place this year? I want to pray for as many that they have been consigned to some places that they didn't like. God is lifting you out of that place in Jesus' mighty name. And to compensate you, he will not just get you out of that place. He will place you where, where you never thought possible in your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will put you in a place that your power could not have gotten you to. It will put you in a place where your wisdom, your brilliance could not have gotten you to. That is where it will take you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are that person, shout a very good hallelujah. hallelujah. Hannah couldn't have a child. To make a matter worse, the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 6, the Bible says, a rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. That is what they call insult upon injury. The woman was in a very bad state and somebody was making her life even more miserable simply because she could not have a child. And But God saw her situation. God saw her as an underdog. God had mercy on her. And God decided to compensate her. Listen to me. Apart from giving her Samuel, I have said it over and over and over again. Samuel is a child like 100 children. That's Samuel. Samuel is a child like 100 children. Samuel is the one that helps to wipe away your tears. Samuel is whatever it is that comes after a long hours of prayers. Now, somebody here this morning, you will get your Samuel this year in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like I've said before, to somebody, the Samuel could be a child. And to somebody, the Samuel could be a car. To somebody, the Samuel could be a house. To somebody, a Samuel could be a degree. To somebody, a Samuel could be a professional qualification. Whatever it is that you have desired, 
and you have desired, and you have desired, and it appears that there's something blocking it from coming to you. This year, that Samuel, it will come unto you in Jesus' mighty name. It will come unto you in Jesus' mighty name. And But apart from Samuel, the Bible made us to understand in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 21. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 21. The Bible says, And the Lord was gracious to Hannah to prove that God indeed compensates. The Bible says, And the Lord was gracious to Hannah, and she gave back to three sons and two daughters. Three sons and two daughters. Just to show when God decides to compensate you, you yourself will know. You yourself will know. You yourself. When God decides to compensate you, your hands will be full. It will be more than you can ever imagine. That's what it does. Some years back, I was working in an organization, and it appeared like they had forgotten me. It appeared that they had forgotten me. And I was already getting agitated. I was already thinking of moving, because it appeared that they had forgotten me. Okay? But that year, when the executive directors were going to meet, and um, before my immediate supervising executive director got there, the managing director was already seated at the head of the table, and he had a sheet of paper. He had a sheet of paper on that table with a pen, and he had a, something written there. What was written there? Dele Jayoba, associate director. That was the only thing on that sheet of paper. Meanwhile, my executive director was going there to recommend me for a lift, a promotion that could have been good still, but it was less than that position. And so by the time he got there, and the man opened the shop paper and said, yes, Dele Jabba, I think he has to be an associate director. My boss just docked the thing that he took there. And that was it. Now, I was taken beyond the level that I should have gotten ordinarily. That is the way God compensates. Listen to me. You are here this morning, and you are imagining, how will God do it? Don't bother. Just expect something that will wow you. Something that will wow you. And it will happen in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will happen in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will remember the story of a woman called Ruth, a Moabites, that couldn't have a child. I don't know, we wouldn't know whether it was because of the sickness of her husband. Because the Bible made us understand that Malon was a sickly person. So the woman couldn't get pregnant. Now, she was still hoping. Now, to make her matter worse, the man that couldn't get her pregnant died. Okay. <laughs> nothing, nothing again. The man died. And so, she was like, uh, her life was kind of crumbled. Meanwhile, she had already left her people. She couldn't go back to them anymore. And uh, she clung onto her mother-in-law, Naomi. And Naomi looked at the whole thing. What am I even waiting for? I came into this place with a husband and two, two sons. Three of them had died. Let me go back to my home country. And she too decided to go back. And she was telling Ruth, you can go back to your people. Ruth was like, I don't have any place to go to. Why are you pushing me away? Well, the woman said, well, if you can go and you not say, nah, nothing, nothing, follow me. That's how Ruth went with her mother-in-law to Bethlehem, Judah. Now, if you look at her life, 
you'll have, you will know that that woman will have gotten to a level that she will have said, what kind of a life is this? What kind of a life is this? That just might have been like two, three, four people that have said that. What kind of a life is this? You've had reason to say, what kind of a life is this? Then, you are that candidate for divine compensation. You are that person for a candidate for that divine compensation. You know the story very well. Ruth followed Naomi, her mother-in-law, to Bethlehem, Judah. And God looked upon her with mercy. And God said, yes, this one is a candidate for divine compensation. And God compensated her bigly. God compensated her. God gave her a very rich husband. This husband was not only rich. This husband was also a very strong man. He was not only strong. This husband was also a very virile man to compensate her for the poor and the sickly husband that, that she lost. God made her to become very rich because the moment that rich man married her, the field where she was gleaning now became hers and she became very rich. And to add to that, God gave her a son that was the 27th great-grandfather of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Ruth chapter 4 verse 13, Ruth chapter 4 verse 13, the Bible says, So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. Now it looks to me like the bigger the trouble, the bigger the compensation. I don't know what you have suffered. I don't know what you have suffered. Especially I'm speaking to those of you that have suffered so much, prolonged suffering. You have been asking and asking and asking. Get ready for something big this year in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready for bigly compensation this year in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For all that you have suffered, God will compensate you. For what you have suffered in your marriage, God will compensate you. For the losses you have suffered in business, God will compensate you. For the injustices that you have suffered in the place of work, God will compensate you. For the losses of time that you have suffered, God will compensate you. For the opportunities that you have lost, God will compensate you. For your shame and reproaches, God will compensate you. For sorrows and pains that you have suffered, God will compensate you. God will compensate you. God will compensate you. God will compensate you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, what's our own responsibility? Quickly, number one, we need to surrender to him this year. We need to surrender to him this year. If you are like somebody like me, and you have gone through so much, and you have seen that it is not because you are not smart. It is not because you are planless. It is not because you have not done what you should do, humanly speaking. 
and you have seen that all those that you have has not been able to help you, you will surrender to him. You will surrender to him. Listen to me. Have you not seen that without God, you can't do anything? And so I'm going to encourage you here. If you are here today, it will be a good day for you to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. It will be a good day for you to rededicate your life to him. Like I always say to people, sometimes we surrender our lives to Christ and some other, some nonsense take us out away from him and we go astray. I wouldn't lie to you. I've said it many times. Thank God I'm a pastor today. I don't know how many times I surrendered my life to Christ. And because I gave my life to him, I will take it again. I will give it to him. I will take it again until one day that I decided to stay put. And since that day, God has been helping me. Today might just be that day for somebody here. So I'm going to encourage you, if you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, do so. Surrender to him this year. This is not the year that you play hanky-panky with him. Praise the name of the Lord. Another thing is this. If you look at the account of Ruth very well, you will notice that Ruth surrendered everything. Ruth had absolute surrenderedness. She followed Naomi. She followed the God of Naomi. She followed Naomi to Bethlehem, Judah. She followed the instructions of Naomi. And the result was a beautiful compensation for all her troubles. Surrender to God this year. Even if you are born again, I want to encourage you to surrender every other department of your life to him. Surrender to him. I had a beautiful testimony this morning. Um, one of our sisters said that she was, maybe, I don't know where she said she was. She said that when they talked about uh, you know, giving towards this church, and she said that, I'm not, she said, I'm not a pastor who looks into people's pockets. No. No. But sometimes you just hear some things that challenge you. She said that all that she had to do her business, I'm not asking you to do it. I'm just giving you an example, a testimony that we had this morning. She said all that she had, which of course was not even much, all that she had, she, she only kept 1,000 and she gave everything because they were talking about the building project. She gave everything. And you see, that is, you know, the, the height of surrendering. She left everything that she had to God. Every department of your life. I want, you, I want to encourage you this year. Surrender everything about you to God this year. And he will compensate you far more than those testimonies that we have read in the Bible. He will do so for you in Jesus' mighty name. Number two. This year, we need to be, pray a bit more. We need to pray a bit more. Elijah was a man of prayers. In the scripture that we read in James chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. James chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. The Bible says, Elijah was a man subject to like passion as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And the Bible says, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain 
Elijah, by his prayer, decided to shut the heavens. And by his prayer, decided to open the heavens. And so you see the efficacy of prayer in that place. This year, you will pray more. Men have been known to pray when they desire a shift in situation. They have been known to pray and they saw results of their prayers. And so this year, we need to pray. If you look at the account of Hannah, Hannah prayed very hard. She prayed so much that the man of God saw her and the man of God thought that she was drunken or she was mad. Hannah prayed very well. Jesus said, men ought to pray and not to faint. And so brethren, this year, we will pray more. Somebody say, we will pray more. Oh, you don't want to pray. You don't want to pray. And so this year, when we are calling prayer meetings, run to the church and let us pray. The Bible says, the prayer of a righteous man, what availeth much? Number three. Number three. You may do something a bit unusual. Do something a bit unusual. I have a friend, the first time he told me that adage, I laughed. He said, the person uh, who, who wants to set a trap, who wants to catch um, a cow, he said, the trap that he will set will be enough to be able to catch Okay, what it will use or whatever will be enough to catch an elephant. That is what we should do. We should do something a bit unusual this year. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, the Bible speaks about Hannah here. The Bible says, And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Why? Because her womb was short. And the Bible goes further to say, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man child, he said, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. She vowed a vow. She had not had the child, but she decided that she was going to give that child to God. Like somebody would say, she knew God needed a prophet, and she knew that she could give a, a prophet to God. And so God needed a prophet, and she asked God for a son so that God could have a prophet. That was what she did. She vowed a vow. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, if you see some people that are doing things extraordinarily, do you think they are fools? A pastor and I were saying something um, on, on Friday, and he was talking about the way some people do in church. He was actually talking about some pastor, not even members of the church. And so I'm not, I'm not trying to talk down on, pastor, on, on members of the church. He was talking about the pastor. He was talking about the fact that some pastors are struggling in their lives. They are struggling, and they are earning salary in the team, but they struggle in their life because they don't know how to give. When they say they are passing offering basket, 
Some of them will just fold something very dirty in their hands and they will drop it into the offering basket. And the pastor was telling me, those who are giving big, do such people think that such people are fools? And I've said it to me before, there was a day, something, something that changed my idea about giving. There was a day and I was sitting beside, I mean, at the back, we were having a program and uh, the place where pastors were seated. I was sitting at the back of a pastor's wife, a senior pastor's wife. And in that program, an offering was called for. And I saw her, the way she was counting the money. And when she was counting, it looked like, is this offering this woman, want? What, what, what exactly is this? And she was just counting, pa, 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 ah, is it offering? Ah, say, Morire, Morire, what is this? And by the time she gave that offering, and she started dancing again, I said, ah, this woman is not mad. This woman is not mad. She knows what she's doing. Okay. And we finished that aspect. And they called for another offering. Ah, the woman did not know that there would be two offerings. Then she opened her bag. She turned it upside down. And she picked every note in her bag. And she still gave. And she was dancing. I said, ah, you think this woman is a fool? Listen to me. Until you learn to do something that is unusual, you can't get a blessing that is unusual. You think Solomon was a fool when he was giving what he gave? I'm not talking about offering alone. When you're dealing with God this year, try and be a bit unusual. The service that you give to God, maybe make it a bit unusual this year. Everything that you do this year, make it a bit unusual towards him. And when you get your unusual miracle, people that are not doing things that are unusual will join you to celebrate. It will happen indeed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will happen in your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the story of Hannah. She fulfilled her vow in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 27 to 28. The Bible says, she, she took the child to the man of God. He said, for this child, listen now, something that you're going to learn here. He said, for this child I prayed, and the Lord had given me my petition, which I asked of him. He said, listen now, he said, therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. Now, something, I got a secret today. Everything that you give to God, you are lending God. And God will never owe you. And when God's hands that are bigger than your own, when it comes out, it will carry the blessing that his big hand alone can carry. And so it will not be what you give to him that will give back to you. Praise the name of the Lord. And so that's the reason why, by the time he gave that song, when God decided to return unto her, you know, the man of God prayed to her, for her. The man of God said to, to the, the husband, he said, this woman will give you seeds. After the Samuel, he said, this woman will give you seeds. And what did we get? The Bible says, the woman eventually went, it went on, she went on to have four sons and two daughters in addition to Samuel. That is the way that God compensated her. I'm expecting that somebody here will learn to do something unusual this year. And you will be highly compensated 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God compensated Hannah for her years of sorrow. Who is the next to get such compensation? Rise to your feet and let us pray. Rise to your feet and let us pray. Let's lift up our hands and just appreciate him for what we trust that he will do. Let's give him praise for what we believe he will do. Lift up your hands if you believe that God will do what we have said he will do. Lift up your hands and say, Father, Lord, I thank you. I am very confident that you are not a man that you should lie. You will do what you say you will do. And that's why you are God. Father, Lord, I give you praise, Lord. I exalt your holy name. Thank you, precious Father. Thank you, King of glory. Glory be to your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Quickly, we will take a few prayers before we anoint ourselves. You will see the anointing today will be a lot um, faster. So, we're going to take the first prayer. Say, Father. Say, Father. Remember me this year. Remember me this year. Open the book of remembrance concerning me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray this prayer very well. Pray this prayer very well. Pray this prayer very well. My Father, my God, this year, remember me. Remember all those my prayers. Remember those nights, O oh Lord, that I cried unto you concerning issues, serious issues in my life. Father, this year, open the book of remembrance for me. Father, open the book of remembrance for me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, my God, I'm asking that you will please remember me this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. We're going to take this prayer again. We're going to say, Father. Say, Father. In all of my pursuit this year. In all of my pursuit this year. Please help me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please, let's pray. Let's pray this prayer very well. My Father, my God, Lord, in all of my pursuit this year. In all of my endeavors this year. In everything that I will do this year, my Father, my God, Lord, I'm asking that you will please help me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, please help me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, my God, please help me this year. Let me not fall into the errors that I've made in the time past. Father, guide me, direct me, help me this year in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help me this year, oh, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Let's say, Father, say, Father, paralyze, paralyze all my troublers this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, paralyze all the troublers of my wife this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, paralyze all the troublers of my children this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, paralyze all the troublers of the members of Destiny Sanctuary this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my Father, my God, this year I'm asking that you will please paralyze all the troublers of my destiny. Paralyze all the troublers of my destiny. They will not be able to rise up against me this year. Father, paralyze them completely. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, paralyze all my troublers this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Let's say, Father, say, Father, 
connect me to my helpers this year. My destiny helper this year. Wait. If you look at the story in 1 Samuel chapter 10, you will notice that it was, it was um, Samuel was the destiny helper of Saul. Until Saul met Samuel, he was running around. If you look at the story of Mephibosheth, until the helper of, of until his helper was Nudge, he was there in Lodibar. If you look at the case of Joseph, he needed a helper because the helper did not do something. That's why he remained in the prison. And so this morning you are going to say, Father. Say, Father, connect me to my helper or my destiny helpers this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, my God, please this year, early, do it early enough. Connect me, Lord, to my destiny helper this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Connect me, Lord, to my destiny helper this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Connect me, Lord, to my destiny helper this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Now, something happened in the palace, in the Pharaoh's palace, that made the destiny helper of Joseph to do something concerning his case. Something happened there. And so you are going to pray. Many of us, it is not like God has not put our help in the hands of some people. But they are just lying dormant there. They are just sitting down there. They are not doing something about it. God will shake them this year. And they will do what they need to do. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are going to say, Father. Say, Father. Those that are ordained to help me this year. Touch them early. Touch them early. Those that are ordained to help me this year, touch them. Touch them this year. Touch them early this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, this year I will be divinely compensated. Those that should bring about the compensation, those human beings that you will use to achieve that, Father, touch them at this time. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, touch them, O Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you, precious Father. We give you praise, we exalt your holy name. For we are prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, there are some people that have been anointed in the first service that are still in the second service. Please, you may not come for the anointing again. Let us just do those that, are, that have not been anointed so that um, we can get out of this place um, fast. Okay, so, um, you know, because of what is happening, we don't want to touch people and all that and all that. So what we're going to do is this. We will drop the oil in your palm and you will anoint yourself. Then when we've all been anointed, we're going to take the last prayer points. The Lord himself will anoint us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
the Lord that he led me. You are the Lord, my healer. You sent your word and you healed my disease. You are the Sunday school. On that particular day, it was only one class. I don't know what we're doing, but he had to stand in front and taught the entire church. This young man spoke like a seasoned pastor. He spoke very well, so he caught my attention. And I took particular interest in him. And I got close to him. I realized that this very sharp guy, this very brilliant guy, was working as a teacher in one of the schools, I think back in Ikorodu. Brilliant guy. And I asked him, are you married? He was not married. And he looked like somebody who should be married. Everything about him was just cool, except that there were some things that I was not seeing in his life that I thought I should see. Then after a while, he came to say to us that there was a young lady in the U.S., this young lady was actually, I think maybe about that time, she was a PhD student. And uh, she was actually lecturing in the university. And the, the lady 
had been living in the U.S. and decided that she would like to get a husband from home. Okay, so when, I hear, when you hear that, you will think that it was one old girl that couldn't get a husband in the U.S., a young, very pretty girl. She just decided that she must go home to get a husband. And she was introduced to this young man. And this young man, and they started communicating on the phone. I mean, on the phone, mail, and all that. And so I thought the guy was wasting his time, honestly. I thought he was wasting his time. Eventually, this lady came to Nigeria. They met physically, eventually. And they said things, and everything went well. I think they went to the registry in Nigeria. The lady went back to the U.S. This young man went back. She came to see me. I mean, he came to see me here before he eventually left. He went back to the U.S. during the time of COVID. You can imagine how much it cost to take him back to the U.S. Now, I see God compensating somebody like that here. I don't know what you have been expecting, you have been waiting for. Maybe there are ladies here. And they're like, where, where, where? Nothing, nothing can happen again. I will tell you another one. A young lady in my church, I mean, some years back, and um, she was quite close to me because the mother, the parents happened to be a kitty. And usually I try to relate with every kitty because I'm a Lagos kitty boy, so I relate with every kitty person that I see. And so they're my, bro they're my brother and sister, so their daughter then became my daughter. And this lady had gone everywhere to study. She was solid, but no husband. Young girl, she was becoming very, I mean, fretty. One boy in Australia, one boy that they had met before suddenly remembered her after we did deliverance. Suddenly remembered her. And I was preaching in the church and I said, they will come from all over. They will come from, the, from Australia. So one day the mother came and said, they have come from Australia. Oh. And they came, and the young man came from Australia to come and take this preachy girl. And the guy, good guy like myself. <laughs> so what am, I, what am I expecting for somebody here? I am saying that this year, before the first end of the first quarter of this year, you will begin to give testimony of compensation. I don't know where it will come from. I don't know because it will be done by the hands of the Almighty. It will happen in Jesus' mighty name. And so you are going to say, Father, take this prayer very seriously. Say, Father, this year, compensate me for all my troubles, for all my pains, of the past years in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Begin to pray. Father, compensate me for all my losses. Compensate me for all my cries. Compensate me for all my sorrows. Compensate me for all my weeping. Father, compensate me for all my waiting. Father, compensate me for all my troubles of the past year. Oh Lord, my God, compensate me this very year, even before the end of the first quarter. Let me see things that are showing that indeed you are already working on it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, compensate me, O Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, precious Father. We give you praise. We exalt your holy name. For we have prayed in Jesus' mighty name.
Now, before we pray, before I pray the final prayer, you are here, you need to surrender unto him. I have told you. Peter told all night he caught nothing. He couldn't help himself. That's the way you can't help yourself. Except God comes to your aid. You can't help yourself. You are here, you want to hand over your life to him so that he can begin to help you. Let me see your hand up. Let me pray for you wherever you are. If somebody is there, you say, Jesus, I surrender unto you today. I want to hand over my life to you today. I want you to begin to help me. Let me see your hand up. I want you to do that which you alone can do in my life. I want to pray for you wherever you are. Let me see your hand up. Is there somebody there? Is there somebody in the house this morning? Is there somebody in the house this morning? Okay, we don't have anybody in the house. Do we have anyone there? Okay, please let us pray. Our Father and our God, Lord, we want to thank you. Lord, we want to thank you because we are related to the God that says it and does it. The God that does not go back, does not renege on his word. Father, we thank you. We give you praise, Lord. Please accept our praises in Jesus' mighty name. In your word, Isaiah chapter 61 verse 7, you made it clear to us that for, your for our troubles, you will compensate us. You will compensate us. And that's what we are here for this morning. And that's why we have anointed ourselves this morning. This anointing is for divine compensation. And so everyone that is here this morning, Lord, I pray, I ask that after now, there will be testimonies of divine compensations in Jesus' mighty name. There will be testimonies of divine compensations in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I'm asking again that in all of our pursuit this year, Father, we will see your hands in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I say again that everyone that has been troubling us, Father, this year, you paralyze all of them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, the consequences of their troubles, Father, you reverse it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we are asking today, Lord, that you will connect us to all our divine enablers in Jesus' mighty name. Now, all the people that you have put our help in their hands, that are yet to act, Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that we touch them this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, Lord, again I pray, everyone that is here, after now, will begin to have testimonies of divine compensation. Thank you, precious Father. We give you praise, for we have prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The Lord bless you.